Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. And love and tradition of the grand design, some people say, is even harder to find. Well, then there must be some magic clue inside these gentle... Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the 20th episode of the Ross Family Matters podcast. Um, I'm Hotshot Scott Williams. I'm joined by the Brain Trust. Jack Spade and Vic the Stick Ross, and we're joined by The Office today. Alex Riley joins us. Um, Glad to be here. And and you're also our standards and practices um, liaison as well. And apparently I'm very lenient. Well, I only ask one or two things, but other than that, I let everything fly. Well, oh, I don't know, you shut us down on something. Yeah. I shut you down on one thing. In 20 episodes... Apparently it's the biggest thing ever. Well, in 20 episodes, how many things have we actually asked to have taken out of the show? Um, four? You asked for one, and I, I, I vetoed. I asked for one, yeah. and you vetoed, but it did get taken out, that one... It was one name. I asked for one name to be removed. Yeah. Yep. Didn't you have something? I didn't have... Uh, no. Yeah, me. So. Yeah, I, okay, I, so two things. Yeah. We've had two things that have been taken out. And one was asked by you, and yeah. one was from The Office. Yes. Well, The Office is a very powerful thing. And and so much so, Alex, that we've been mandated that you have to pick first. I have to pick first? Yeah, that's, you're, that's you're, you're administrative yeah, assistant. It, I, I vetoed a commercial, so I have to pick first. It came down from HR. Yeah, like, from HR. I got it in my email. 20 episodes, and, uh, and you know what? One listener. We're down to one. Uh, we're going to keep And it's up. me when I listen to this when you send it to me. Right, because you have to. To make sure that there's standards and practices. Sleeping situations is the first topic. Okay. Sleeping right. situations. I'm assuming this is when we're on the road. Yeah, uh, this uh, is... I'm pretty sure this was written down due to a trip to Tennessee we took. Well... But, uh... We could... Let me give you a couple that I've dealt with, with this current group here sure and it wasn't necessarily the worst thing in the world i remember once getting uh get getting a rollaway bed yep. in one of the rooms which wasn't the worst thing in the world it was the chainsaws going on yeah. <laughs> in the room <laughs> I, I think uh i can build off of that because uh i spent a night over with uh the savage kings the uh devil and kane and Maru after an ACW show, and again, it was like, it was like right outside, there was a bunch of Harleys just revving out. Yeah. But of course, at the end of the night, when we went to IHOP the next day, of course, everybody was blaming, oh man, I couldn't get to sleep because you were snoring so loud. I was snoring so loud, you were, it was like a fucking Harley. Yeah. No, I don't, like, how, how can you judge if you snore or not when you're sleeping? Right. Because that was, that was Devlin Kane. he was like, I don't snore. How do you know you're sleeping? Right. Do you record yourself every day and be like, okay, no, I didn't snore that day. And I'll let you, you guys should tell the Tennessee sleeping accommodation story. I will tell you this, when I was in Cleveland, with, on our big road trip, I was up in the attic. That's true. <laughs> and now, Don't make it sound like you now, had to pull down on. some stairs hang to the on. ceiling and crawl hang up with on. the insulation. The attic, the attic would have been fine because there was a, actually two, two beds up there, which is kind of weird. 
Um, Three if you count the futon. That's true. Uh, but the heat it's didn't work. So I and it was Cleveland. And it was kind of it was actually colder than it probably should have been for that time of year. And my I, we got all that heat from earlier in the day. Of course. So the heat register didn't work. So it was a little bit chilly. Otherwise, I actually had the whole place. I could have thrown a party up. There. In there if I could have found some Clevelanders to hang out with. But. Oh, they all would have hated that party. Oh, God. <laughs> well, they, hate every, they hate their life. Just it's nine dudes all think their name is Big Dick Davis walking around the house. <laughs> right. Uh, before we get into, I guess, the Tennessee hotel room, which was a terrible situation. It was. What about the room that we... Um, <laughs> All these years, we finally talked a promoter into getting us a room for a show, and it was Livewire yep. for a Toma show. <clears throat> he did set us up with a room at a hotel, but it was like a trucker room. And there were four of us. Oh, my. <clears throat> so we're like one bed. Oh, my. Full bed. The room is probably like two bathrooms of a normal hotel room. <laughs> so you couldn't even pull the mattress off. Nope. Because you didn't have the space. No, nope. oh, no. You couldn't imagine. Packing like that. sardines. I'm nope. pretty sure that uh, Prodigy ended up underneath the sink. He did. Oh, boy. Sleeping like a tiny, unwanted Latin child. Why Latin? Was it Elian? Was it Elian? No, the, everybody wanted that fucking kid. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's true. My, uh, my sister was... My sister was an EMT for a long time, and she used to say, like, they'd go to these houses of Latino houses, and there'd be so many people living in there that they'd have, like, babies in drawers in the... Oh, like the Seinfeld episode. <laughs> Those were full-grown Asian they men. They were full-grown Asian <laughs> So um, the, uh, the Tennessee story, we, uh, we got a room in Smyrna, Tennessee. Gesundheit. Thank you. And, uh, the first thing is... If you laid on the bed, the bed that I slept in, and faced the wall, you could see outside. Like, there was a, a crack in the foundation of the wall. You could literally oh. see light coming in from outside. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, Sounds safe. Big uh, big pest control traps in all the windows, uh, the corners of the room. Oh, sure. Like, oh. big traps. Yeah. Not like cockroach, like rat traps. Yeah. Oh, my. Um... The bathroom had a film on it. Oh. Now, when I say a film, I don't mean, like, you know, soap scum. No, I mean, like, motherfuckers ain't cleaned this in quite some time. Oh. Um, and then the best part, my favorite part, uh, we got a room that was designated no smoking. Okay. Which was great, right? Yeah. Uh lady at the desk made it a point to point out that the room was non-smoking. Right, because you don't want to make the rats in a trap sick. We go up to the room, <laughs> and it smells like there was just a card game in there for the last three days. And there's ashtrays. Oh, right? right. Like, they're not full of ashes or anything. But it smells like somebody's been burning cigarettes in there all day, every day, for three days. Like an Oscar Madison right. special, right? So, uh... Phone call was placed and made sure they knew that and we didn't deal with that. But now here's where we get to the meat and potatoes of the story. All right. Not, not to be confused with old potato guts. Right. Yeah, because that's a different story. So, uh, second night, we had, uh, we had gone to the game. We had gone out to dinner. We had done some drinking. We go back to the hotel. 
And Jim and Lane are sleeping in one bed, and I'm sleeping in the other. Jim was above the covers. Okay, we're good. Well, you had to tell, so there was no touch. Doesn't matter, shit lines up. Uh, so, uh, I don't know what time it is. I'm just going to freestyle a guess and say it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. It sounds about right. Feels like when Jack Spade would be on the, the booty hole prowl. And uh, so I'm sleeping, and I get woken up. And it's because Lane has sat down on my bed. And I woke up and I thought, what the hell is he doing? So he's sitting there for a minute. And I'm just kind of looking at him. And next thing I know, he reaches back and he grabs the blanket and he's trying to get in bed with me. And I, I responded properly how you would when a man tries to enter your bed at 3 o'clock. And I said, what the fuck are you doing? So why are you trying to get All right. So this trip is the whole reason I did a sleep study and I got the apnea machine and all the all that fun stuff. Okay. The origin story. Because uh, I was told that I was going to die okay. by my two closest friends in the world. Because of all the snoring and the stopping breathing right. and the, the choking and the being awake and all this other stuff. But I'm half asleep. Okay, so you kind of sleepwalk. Yeah, sleep. basically. Sleep, sleep. You know how... And I sleep in the nude. Oh. Oh, my. That brought support. So, so, much like Morty. You know how when you and Brian lived together, if you guys came home at the same time, say, for example, you would think to yourself, man, I got to get to sleep right now before this son of a bitch falls asleep. Right. That's how it was with Lane. Only the problem was, unless you too had narcolepsy, <laughs> you weren't going to beat him to sleep. Right, and that was the same thing with Brian, because Brian was such the loudest snorer. Even though we were on separate ends of the house, it was a small house, and fuck, I'm out. I'm out like that if uh, with the with the uh, apnea, because I'm always tired. So I right, of course. I literally, <laughs> I literally lay down and I go out. See, now I <coughs> thought the story was gonna be like he was trying to wake you up and ask if you could guys could leave. Maybe run over to Shoney's because he found some tail down at the <laughs> at the hotel bar. Well, we did eat at the Shoney's. Of course you did. And it was as disappointing as food gets. Yeah. Smyrna, by the way, is not a prime example of a great Tennessee town for culture sure. or <clears throat> neighborhoods. Right, because we stopped at the uh, we stopped at a series of pawn shops. Okay. <laughs> which seemed to be the. Uh, the gross national product of Smyrna. So Smyrna is not like Nashville proper. Uh, not even close. And it's, it's like twenty minutes out. And it's not like Knoxville, which is a college town. And we small. also stopped at a going out of business Kmart. Oh. oh. To buy swim trunks for either Jim or Lane, I forget who, for the pool at the hotel, which we found under construction. Okay, I was gonna ask because <laughs> I've heard you tell stories about this hotel. I was wondering what the pool was like, but apparently... that pool had not been in use for probably years. Yeah, probably years. six, seven years. And on the website, it probably still touted a pool, indoor pool. Yeah. That was the whole reason we chose that hotel. We were looking for a hotel with an indoor pool, which apparently is very hard to find in the South. Yeah, a lot of outdoor <clears throat> pools. But yeah, indoor pools are hard. I remember getting a hotel in Milwaukee specifically for the indoor pool, getting there, asking about the pool because I saw it on the way in. Oh yeah, it actually doesn't open up until next week. Fuck me, right? Yeah. Well, if, I'm not going to just let you 
sit here and disparage the hotels in Milwaukee. You oh, know, I, I love the hotels in Milwaukee. Let me just tell you about the America Inn, <laughs> or the America's Best Value Inn in La Crosse. Uh, you can talk all the okay. shit you want about that. Never I, don't, stayed, I don't live there. I don't never, work there. Never stayed in a hotel where everything smells like a fish tank, <laughs> but I have now, thanks to the America's <laughs> Best Value Inn. Sp- Spade and I spent like 10 minutes just riffing on what the room smelled like. <laughs> I, if, if we're going to go this route, I do want to say, even though I love going to the Milwaukee Airport uh, Hotel... Uh, because it's one of the cheaper ones, and I like to, you know... And that's where the Johns bring the chicks. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I like to save money, so of course that one's a, you know, a, a no-brainer. Um, so at one point, uh, Von Rudin and I, we were uh, we were both going to be at shows the next day, so of course we crashed there after BCW. We get back after the show, and we're checking in, because we said late check-in, because we were going to get back late, of course. Um, there was a lady at the, at the, uh, front desk who was bitching about her room and didn't really know the situation, didn't really care about the situation, but of course she let us know what was going on. It's like, there's blood on my mattress. And the guy responded saying, okay, it, it was only on the mattress cover. There's still blood on it. Like, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, that's not my problem, blah, blah. Like Jesse at least tried to be conversational about it. Cause obviously we were going to be right next to each other. It's like, oh yeah, and that's, that's really terrible. But in my head it was like. How do you how do you just blow that over? It's like doesn't matter if there's blood on the mattress, the mattress cover, the on the on the rug, on the door handle, the wherever. There's still blood in the in the hotel room. How do you act like that's just? I was like, oh, it's, it was on the cover. Okay, two quick two quick stories. Hang on, before you go there, I'm gonna let you. But if you think a hotel that's got blood on the bed has an armoire, you're kidding yourself. <laughs> <laughs> two quick stories. So this summer, this fall, Armani hooked us up. Me and Cat at a at a location that he booked. He usually does a really good job booking through Hilton. This time he went off the reservation. And in our room, when we pulled the the, the, the uh, cover back, there was like a big brown, large brown spot with hair <laughs> on the sheet. Jeez. So we had to have them come up and clean our room, uh, scrub it to all get up. So that was funny. And then another one was when Catherine's daughter first moved back here from Montana with Ryder. We were trying to get our place ready to have room for them, so we put them up in a hotel for a week, right? Little did we know, we put them up at the roadway on 27th. No, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she was telling us stories about weird things that she thought was going on, and we didn't. We took it with a grain of salt because she's pretty much a storyteller, Sabrina is. However, uh, a week after she got out of there, they ended up getting busted because they were housing women that they were human trafficking. Ooh. So, Yikes. Yeah, so... I guess some of her observations that time were, were on point, on fleek, as the kids come, say. Come for the uh, cheap rates, stay because you're part of human trafficking. Exactly. All I'm saying is the American, they just stopped cooking meth in that room right before checkout. Right. Because it's still right. on the top of their still residue. <laughs> but the American Inn is a stone's throw from the North Country Steak Buffet. It's true. You gotta get that plug in. Yep. North Country Steak Buffet. For all your steak and needs. Uh, I had a new experience on my last stay in Lacrosse, at the to get schooled at on the, tornado at the company hotel. The company hotel. Uh, they gave us keys to a room that was already occupied. Oh yeah, I remember this. We uh, we walked in and there was a bag on the bed, and just let ourselves right back out. <laughs> were there um, were there ten um, 
free rooms you guys could have, they were unclean. That was, uh, that was a different. That was a different. <laughs> we never got those rooms. No. We never got no. the ten unclean rooms. Uh, the next day, we went to the steak buffet because it was amazing, and uh, you got schooled on what a tornado tag is. In the hat. It's in the hat. It's in the hat. Well, that's all we'll say. Tried to school me. By the way, I knew what it was. You just told a story about human trafficking. A couple weeks ago, we told a story of us human trafficking our friend's body so we could get free hotel rooms. That's true. That's true. You said worse. Well, it's a true story, though. Oh, yeah. Your true stories of the previous past are also bad. Alright, let's see what we got here. Um, oh, my. Chaos. Chaos. Well, I feel like we, uh, we got one knocked story. that one out of the park yeah. a couple weeks back. Yeah. You got any other good at chaos stories you want to throw out real quick? Well, I know Scott will. Well, uh, and that'll give me a chance to think. Boy, there's a ton of them. Like, where do we, where do we start? I mean, okay, so when we were still doing the bra, and before he, Brian needed a place to stay and before we became roommates, he had his place over on 18th off of Lincoln Avenue. It was a basement flat of, of a house. Like a, like a Polish flat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No offense. Polish, no, but that's what Polish they call rifle. it. Yeah. So we would go over there, and, and we were able to, because Brian was smart at, at rigging things up, So like, because we would tape our show on three-quarter-inch tape, right? But he would also be able to somehow hook up a VCR to the board so he could tape it on VHS so we could go back and watch it, right? So it was... Kind of a cool little... I don't think the studio knew we did that. I think it was against procedure to break into the board and plug something in that was you know, external. But anyway, so we get the whole crew of the brawl back to his little flat to watch the show. Um, and that those were those were kind of the, some fun times because at the time we watched those shows and I remember us thinking how great they were. And now we watch them now and I'm like, what in the hell were we thinking? But hey, at the time it was it was good. It was in in context. It was great. So my favorite story from there was Little Country had come over to watch the show, and we were all kind of screwing around. He was leaving, and Brian decided to jump on his hood and like pound on the top of his his roof, like acting like he was like being driven away. But he pounded on the roof so hard he shattered Little Country's windshield. <laughs> So I laughed because I thought it was funny, and I got the heat from Little Country for like a month. He wouldn't talk to me because I laughed at Brian. He didn't get have heat with Brian for breaking the window. He had heat with me because I thought it was funny that his windshield got busted. So it was more of a Little Country story, but Brian had a, a pretty, pretty big starring role in that in that episode. Did I ever tell you about the time that Brian called my mom a bitch? <laughs> uh, no. no. I never told you guys this story. No. I've heard it, but go ahead. So as as you guys know, Brian's a professional asshole. <laughs> Especially when it comes to the phone, alright? Uh, yeah, he's not good with the phone. So when, when I first moved back to Milwaukee after high school or whatever, we were living with my grandparents, my parents, myself, my little brother, all living in my grandparents' basement. So when I was going to camp with Brian and he was showing me what to do, I was in my grandparents' basement and I didn't have a cell phone yet. So you had to call the house line to get a hold of me, and I, you know, I slept. I've, I've always been a heavy sleeper, all right? 
So apparently he called looking for me at one point for camp or something. Maybe I overslept or maybe some, I don't know what happened. Or maybe it was just to schedule for the next day or something. Try to get a hold of you. Try to get a hold of me. Uh, and my mom picks up and she goes, no, he's asleep. Uh, and he goes, well, can you wake him up? I need to talk to him. <clears throat> she goes, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not, because I can be mean if you wake me up in the middle of a dead sleep, like, there's, it's just bad times. So she goes, I'm not going to wake him up. I'll, I'll let him know who called. And then he goes, this bitch won't wake him up. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, okay. So. <laughs> but I got one similar to that with Brian from years earlier. His mom had called the house when he was living there and wanted to talk to Brian. And she calls up, I answer, and Brian was sleeping at the time in his room. I answer the phone, she goes, yeah, hey, is Brian there? And I go, yep. And I hung up the phone. <laughs> so Brian was mad. I'm like, she didn't ask to talk to you. She asked if you were there. And I said yes. So he, he wasn't really happy that I hung up on his mom. So I like it. Good bit. Have you met Brian? I met Brian uh, for the Rebels reunion show. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And uh, I was the guy, you know, first time medium is like, hey, you're going to take a spot from chaos. He's going to jump on you from the top onto the table. Right, right. Because, okay, so just a little backstory. The person who was, it was really the Diablo re- Memorial slash Rebels reunion yeah. show. And the person who was, was a six man, it was going to be original members of, of Rebels, right? And somebody couldn't do their spot, so we dressed you up as the executioner, yep. who was also an original character. I so. took a DDT in that match, my mask popped off. And I took all three of the baby faces finishes. Yeah. Uh, Did he punch you? Uh, I don't have diabetes. That's what I was so. going to ask, yeah. Um, here's a quick programming note. I uh, am going to be leaving in 20 minutes because my... All right, point of clarity. I'm taking a bunch of kids to the circus, and my sister-in-law is dropping them off a little earlier. So I, when I do have to leave, I'm going to actually tag in to a very special guest that you may or may not have heard uh, on an earlier show. What's episode 20? you got to do that, yeah. right? So. Hot tag. Watch out. I like it. Well, and, you know, I am a tag team specialist. See, I what I loved about that whole table spot was, you know, of course, when you're on the table, you just see, you see Brian on the top. And anytime somebody jumps off the top, you're like, oh, shit, you know, like, it, you know, it's like, you know. It could be bad. It, it could be bad if they're the same height as, as the same height and weight. Could be even if they're a little tinier. It's just the idea is just here's this person jumping off. You don't know if it's gonna be bad or not. So here's this oh, guy. It's bad. Yeah. yeah. So so Brian, I look at him. I'm like, like good thing I had a mask because my entire leg was like, this is fucking stupid. What the fuck did I sign up for this? When he jumped off, not that bad because somehow like it just I fell in. I think it was because the table actually kind of caved into almost like a chair. Sure. But I just sat there, and then I just stopped my breathing, like just you know, minimized like how much I actually looked like I was breathing. And then I remember coming in the back, and everyone's like, "I thought you died." It's like I did. I'm I'm actually dead right I now. I think you probably just went into shock. Probably. <laughs> and and by the way, PTSD. To clear up, Sorry, uh, I, I, I think I'm gonna let you guys know. Like, so I'm not leaving because the kids have a circus. I'm on suspension for my blatant. Uh, Breaking of the rules, and the office has decided to suspend me for the last quarter. He's still in the heat. Yeah, I, the heat. I like it. All right, okay. uh, but I mean, seriously, there, some of the chaos, <coughs> some of them we can't tell. I right. mean, he can tell them about himself, but I don't want to put heat on them. Well, he really wanted he wanted to tell 
he wanted you to tell a specific story on the show, and you refused to tell that story. Maybe. About the park and ride. Oh, we got into it. Yeah, we got into it. About the, the, the window? Yeah. About what you did? All right. So we used to drink a little bit. Oh. All of the time. Yeah. And then on the way home from wherever we had been drinking, we'd, uh, we'd swing into the parking ride off of Holt Avenue, which was on the way to my place. Now, before you say anything, have the statutes of limitations run out? I hope so. Okay. I hope so. All right. So, uh, I don't remember the type of car. Brian cussing me right now because it's right on the tip it of his It was a Ford Pro? Maybe. Maybe. So, uh, he took some shots at the window and it wouldn't break. Steve took some shots at the window and it wouldn't break. And they said, all right, fuck it, we're out of here. <laughs> and I don't know how I ended up there, but I was on the roof of the car. <laughs> and I dropped down to my ass to get off of the car. And the window shattered. <laughs> so my ass did what their fists and feet couldn't do. Yeah, yeah. So there was some destruction of property in the in the past. With but we've all grown up. Yeah. Quick question about Steve Santana. Yes, yeah. we should get him on the show. <laughs> and yes, we'll all be pregnant. Before he would try to knock the window out, would he somersault into view? No. Like a brawl show? Just no, ah. but he did like to try to throw the roundhouse kick Kicks. at it. Yeah, he did swing kick the windows quite a bit. Okay. To the point where one time, this and I, I wasn't there for this, because I did get into my fair share of shenanigans, but I did not participate in the breaking of the window. Okay, But I would hear the stories afterwards. And apparently Steve Roundhouse kicked a pickup truck window, but got his legs stuck in the window, and he was hanging upside down, because it was one of those big high pickup trucks, <laughs> and he was hanging by one leg with his foot in the window, and Brian had to help... Uh, Release him from the tree of woe. Yeah, we should have. So that was... This is just a good story for the cops when they pull in. Right. Hey, what happened here? I didn't do it. (laughs) It wasn't me, I swear. It wasn't me. This this was broken before I got here. So anyway, um, but yeah, there's other stories that will come out, I know, in in future episodes, because things will happen that will remind us of of Brian and the shenanigans. Well, you better pick us a winner. Oh, I got it. Oh, you got it? I got it already. Is Uh, it a winner? Oh, no. We're not going to get 20 minutes out of this? Not at all. Scotty off to watch elephants get beaten for our music? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I go for the trapeze artists. <laughs> well, they beat them before they go on, too. Oh, <laughs> well, that's different. Hey, if one of them dies, hey, there's your Batman movie right there. Oh, yep. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, frozen pizza. Okay. That's frozen pizza. Now, I know that they make more higher-end frozen pizzas now that cost eight bucks a pizza. Like some of these emails and the, the Chicago, uh, I forget what it's called now, but um, I'm still a Tombstone guy. Like there's something about the spice in the way they, it's it's just, I, Tombstones, especially when you get the cheese golden brown, I, I, that's still my go-to if I'm looking for a mid-level frozen pizza. So I'm kind of torn. Mid-level, I'm going to go with a Jax, huh? but I'm going to have to dress that bitch up. Okay. So we're going to put some mozzarella on that. We're going to cut up an onion. We're going to throw it in. Right Okay. But if I'm going to, if I have my druthers for a frozen pizza, I'm going to go with a DiGiorno. 
That's a quality frozen yeah, that pizza. Is a good pizza. You're gonna spend a little extra on it, but it's gonna be worth it. I would say I'm I'm on the same boat with the Giorno, but I would say that if I'm looking for a uh, cost-effective frozen pizza, I would go with the Baron or Orbs. Uh, yeah, or Orbs. But no. I go I go with the Baron because <laughs> I can go to Woodman's uh, in La Crosse and get like four of them, like the brick style pizzas. Yeah. Get four of them, and like it's it's any kind of pizza, so. It's not like, oh, it's four for just a pepperoni or four for a cheese. No, you can get four meat lovers, you know, which is basically about, you know, a good amount of, you know, food right there for about two fifty. So So like four for ten? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I mean it's 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 a good qual it's a good for the for the price, but I mean if I want to go all out, I'll go with the Giorno uh, Rising Cross. Now Armani, if he came with you, would have a coupon that you'd be able to get money back. Yeah. For buying those, you're like, whoa, that's it. That's all you got. But see, now here's the one I was thinking of. So home run in pizzas are expensive, right? Yeah, I've heard of that, but I've not had. And I've had them, and they're not better than Tombstone. Like, so for me, I'm like, why would I spend the extra? Like, maybe the ingredients are supposedly fresher, but they don't taste better, right? Fresher or not, it shit's frozen. Right, right. So I like Red Baron. Okay. I like the sauce. I think the sauce is really quality on a Red Baron pizza. Okay. Now, let me tell you where one of my guilty pleasures is. As much as I like the pizza pizza, I like the Stouffer's French bread pizza. That's a nice little snack for uh, me. That's good pass. stuff. But I'm knocking out like a box of those. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm putting like three or four of those things in the oven. Yeah. And you, you're t- so we have two yays on French bread, one no. What about you? I'd, I'd say French bread, but that's probably not going to be my... I'm having this for dinner type of sure. frozen oh, pizza. Oh, to me, it's a, it's a snack between brunch and, and lunch. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> I mean, have you seen us? <laughs> it is healthy to eat like seven times a day. Right. Although they do say... say but I, not what we eat. Well, right. I was going to say, we're so supposed to have, like, eat some seven, cheese or... seven healthy small meals. <laughs> Sometimes I have seven full meals. Seven, I don't know if that's seven that's unhealthy full meals. Yeah. So that, that, I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. I would leave that part out when you're talking about your uh, what you're eating. So personal trainer asks you. I, I also, I'm eating seven times a day. Oh, when keeping it real goes wrong. Is that a Melissa thing? Well, probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, no, I think that was somebody oh, Eddie Watson. The, yeah, that might have been, been Eddie Watson. Well, I love the sketch. Yeah. On Chappelle show, that's a funny can we, bit. You can be talking about uh, when. Going Facebook Live and going real. Oh, that's wrong. Maru. Every time yeah, anyone right Facebook Lives, yeah. it goes wrong. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes those bookings out of it. I'm not going to talk about this topic. I'm going to talk about something related to the topic. So, did you, any of you guys get a chance to catch the new Chappelle stand-up on Netflix? Uh, yeah. I think all of them. I think I've seen all of them. Now. I think I saw the yeah. first one. The other two are on the watch list. I just haven't had a chance to sit down. So, this dude, still great. Yep. And I really feel like we missed out on some of his best years when he decided to go dark and not yep. do anything. Because there's very few things he's ever done that I haven't liked. And that includes the movie Screwed, which was really good. <laughs> All right. McDonald's. It was yeah. good! Yeah. It was a good movie! It's not. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's not. Danny DeVito? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm familiar. Okay. <laughs> Stick with Ms. Crock and you'll get ahead. Right. So, Sarah Silverman... <laughs> Yeah, you you're not selling. You're not selling it. Okay. Okay. And I noticed you took toter on the fact Jack Black's in that hunk of shit. Is he? Is he not the teacher that? 
No, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, no, I think you're thinking School of Rock. I am, because you said Sarah Silverman. Yeah, School of Rock song. Um, with Jack Black's in it. Anyway. Wait, are you guys in on Sarah Silverman? Would you yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I might convert. Yeah. <laughs> Mahayam. Bless you. Um, <laughs> I, the, the third season of Chappelle Show, the couple of episodes they released, that guy made the right call. He got the fuck out because that shit was not funny. Sure. And that was his whole point of contention. This is not funny. I don't want to air this. Yeah. Right. Well, a lot of it, too, was... But he stopped doing stand-up, too. Like, he just completely disconnected. Yeah. Well, he, he was disenchanted. Sure. Well, I remember reading that he wanted to do the show as kind of, like, send a message. You know, it's kind of, you know just kind of take, uh, take some issues and kind of poke fun of them. But then when he did the Rick James bit, that's all anybody would focus on. And that's what he started getting annoyed by, was that here's the show where he has this message... And everybody's like, ah, oh, Rick James, bitch. is like, that's not the whole point of the show. Like, yeah, I did that, but I don't want you guys to think that's the entire show. Sure. So he actually apparently got mad at one of the tapings and just walked off. And that kind of led into everything what's, else. What's your favorite Chappelle show bit? Boy, my favorite bit. Well, I was always a fan of Ashy Larry. <laughs> okay, I like Ashy yeah. Larry. Yeah, I, you know, because I tend to be Ashy myself, but just you don't see it as prevalently on Larry. Larry had an entire bottle of baby powder on him. Uh, For me, player haters ball. All day, every day. You ought to take that cane and beat to death whoever sold you that suit. (laughs) So, I was fortunate enough a couple weeks back, maybe a month now, two months, whenever the Chappelle stuff came on Netflix, I went back to HBO on demand uh, because I... And they had everything from his like thirty minute. Remember HBO used to do the thirty minute comedy hours, and then they would do the one night stands. Yep. So they had all of Chappelle's early stuff there, and then his Killing Me Softly special. Great. So I went yep. back and I watched all of that to lead up to before I watched the the new ones on Netflix. Sure. So it was it was a nice little New Year's so you, Eve or New Year's you Day. You could do your due diligence on the career of Dave Chappelle, but you couldn't go back and watch Malcolm's one through nine. I, I can't find them anywhere. Call back. I can't. I tried to find it on Netflix, and it keeps saying it doesn't exist. Uh, so I kicked her in the pussy. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think uh, the frontline skits were always great. The the historical like news packs that they did. Uh, the black white supremacists. That's a pretty uh, quality. Where yep, the they black. pull the hat. They pull the hood off, and the guy's head explodes. What about the... Did you see him on Saturday Night Live a year ago? Oh, like when he came back and everything? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was yes. good stuff, too. Yeah. I'll tell you, I enjoyed his stuff, but I have a problem with almost every stand-up that's on Netflix that's come out in, like, the last year. And it's that 15 minutes of Donald Trump is the devil. I don't give a shit about Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do not need to hear it every time a guy with a microphone takes the Netflix stage. Netflix certainly has an agenda, as a message. Well, that's that's not even just Netflix. That's everything. Here's you know, the thing: like you you can have like the the Grammys going on, and then what what are they talking about with the Grammys and the, the next day on the news? They're they're saying, oh yeah, the Grammys was a great event, blah, blah blah. Oh, a lot of people took a lot of time to talk about their you know their stance on the president, and stance on what he just said like last week's like. That's great. I appreciate that you have you were very strongly opinionated about it. I don't care. I'm going to say this, because I don't delve into politics too much, even on Facebook, because all it does is start fights, and nobody wins, because nobody changes their mind. It doesn't matter. 
I am probably the most moderate person politically I know. In fact, I've taken those tests and I end up like anywhere from 51 to 55% conservative. Like I'm right, I walk that line, right? Donald Trump's not presidential, but neither was Hillary Clinton. So as far as I'm concerned, the Democrats screwed themselves when they used their super PACs to try to make sure Hillary, and super delegates, so that Hillary would win that, that, that nomination. Yeah. The Democrats did themselves no favors because... Because of that, you're kind of stuck with this douche nugget as a president. I don't like. I didn't like either one of them, and I voted for the Libertarian. So I wasted my vote, is what I've been told. But I guess we got to keep wasting our votes till we get a third party that's legit. I always looked at the politician that I would support is the one that went on an interview with CVS this morning and didn't get like skinned alive because so many of them went on there like with Charlie Rose before he got kicked out with Nora O'Donnell and. Even though Gail King was there, she didn't really contribute uh, contribute anything. But they, if somebody would say something. They would talk about their policy, like, "Oh, what, what? Why do you believe of this?" They'll say something, and if it sounds like bullshit, they would be like, "Okay, well, we're going to focus on that. We're going to exploit it. We're going to call you out on this." And a lot of times, the, the interview they kind of end nicely, like, "Hey, thanks for joining us." But it's like, "Wow, that person got destroyed." You know who I would vote for? The guy who go or girl who goes. You know, um. Things aren't really good right now, and I don't care why. I just want to fix it. Yeah. Instead, hey, it's Bush's fault. Hey, it's Obama's fault. Hey, it's Clinton's fault. Hey, how about you just give me some answers and we fix this shit? Because I don't care whose fault it is anymore. I really don't. And it doesn't matter. It could be Reagan's fault. It could be Kennedy's fault. It's, it could be George Washington's it's fault. all of their fault. Right. And I don't care to hear the blame game. I don't care. Just tell me how we're going to fix it and tell me how you're going to work together with the other side of the aisle because you have to. And let's figure this stuff out. Remember when you were a kid and like you would tattle on, you know, a sibling or oh, well, this person did it. So I remember when your parents would be like, "Worry about yourself." I wasn't a stitch, Riley, but thanks for that insight on you. Well, did you get stitches for that? I did not. Well, I'm not saying I was. I'm just saying that if it would be a comparison thing, it'd be, "Hey, don't worry about what they're doing, worry about yourself. Right. But no, to that and point... That goes out the window when you're a politician. To that point, though, I mean, the, the old adage, the old stereotype, whether it's true or not true, it feels like it's true, is the media, by and large, has always leaned to the left. So obviously having the complete antithesis of that in Donald Trump, it's going to lend itself to more criticism and more social commentary. And I get that. But, yeah, it does get a little bit... Like, there are certain times where it gets so bad that I almost want to defend Trump. That's how bad it gets. Where I'm like, right. hey, leave him alone. And I'm like, well, wait, it's Donald Trump. But you understand, like, it just gets to be too much. I'm like, like, the one that got me, this is the one time I felt like I needed to defend him. They were showing him visiting sick kids in a hospital. He was there for, like, I don't know, an hour. And somebody snapped one picture where he was smiling talking to a kid. Like, oh, look at our president. Look how heartless he's. He's smiling with a kid dying from cancer. Should he be crying? Should he worry that kid? Should he make that kid feel like th that their life is over? I, what are you supposed to do in those? The same thing just happened with that shooting in Florida, where he took a picture with some hospital staff, and he smiled and gave a thumbs up. Right. Should he have done that? Probably not. But he wasn't hurting nobody. Like. He didn't run around the hospital and say, oh, i got to finish the job. You know, I mean, he didn't pull the plug on anybody. He did what every other politician in his shoes would have done, and he went down and he took a photo op. Right. 
right. and pretended to give a shit. I, I just, I think the, the one thing that always gets me when people talk about politics and politicians is the hypocrisy. They'll hit you for this because you you don't you might be Republican and not Democrat, and not point out the times that a Democrat did the same thing, or vice versa, right? Right. That's why I hate the two party system. The two party system's broke, man, and it has been for a while. And it and unfortunately, we're just little. Let me tell you real quick, and I'll end my portion of the show on this: why politics is like pro wrestling. Okay. Okay. You have Democrats and Republicans. You decide who the heel is, and you decide who the babyface is. It doesn't matter. You pick, you pick your heel in this story. And they go out there on stage, and they have these debates, and they fight with each other. And they take shots at each other. And they, they put on this grand show. They get, you, they get you looking at things that you know don't matter. Like they talk about abortion. Abortion is never going to get repealed, by the way. But they get you to fight about it. So they can make all these laws here and kind of pull the strings. And they give you the shiny object, and then they go back behind the curtain to the same clubs that they all go to together, and they crack some beers, and they call each other brother, and they go, man, we just pulled the wool over their eyes, man. Wasn't that a great show? And then the next show, next town, they do it again. That's they what come I, up behind the curtain. That's what I love about that South Park episode where they had uh, Obama and McCain, and they were doing the, you know, who's going to be the next president, and then it turns out it was all work, and they were just jewel thieves. <laughs> And they're just like walking the back. It's like, oh, we almost pulled it off. Oh, man, I can't believe we almost did that. Are you ready to do this? And they're, the entire night of the election, when everybody's either killing themselves or partying, one of the two, just everybody's distracted, and they're going to go steal the whole diamond. You do I understand, though, they're all the same. Like, So let's just use this election. You know, you, people vote for, should vote for people who they can relate to. Okay. Donald Trump's a billionaire. He doesn't know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck. Let me tell you who else did it. Hillary Clinton, who when she grew up in the suburban part of where she lived, it was a gated community that didn't even allow minorities into it. But now she's a champion for the minorities, right? Screw all of you politicians. You can't relate to me. You've never lived paycheck to paycheck. You've never had to decide which bill to not pay. Okay? You've never had to decide whether or not you can afford the medicine because you're sick or your children are sick. Don't tell me that you know what I'm feeling because of some policies that you want to pass. Both of you just want to have as much control over whatever everybody's living situation is in one way or the other. You both just want to be needed, and you both thrive off of the power, and you can only stay in power by making us need you. Okay? None of them spoke to me. There hasn't been an election in quite some time where either candidate really spoke to me, really got me. You go back to George Bush. He was a CIA director. You don't get me, man. You don't understand me, man. Like, none of these people understand me. How can I pick either one of them? Well, I also recently took some Facebook tests. Um, if I was a Sex in the City character, I'd be Samantha. Um, Which I one was she like, again? The one who took a lot of dick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you would be Samantha. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My dream guy's name is Travis. Uh, so, so do you like Travis Tritt? Yeah, no, he's not Travis Lee. Okay. Tasty Travis Lee? Yeah. No so, viable fucking uh, Travis Lee. <laughs> Those are the only ones I've taken so okay. far, I'll be honest. Have What's you done the, uh, what will you look like in 50 years? No. No, no I, I saw JP did it. I don't want to do it because I know I'm going to look worse than I already do, and I can't tolerate looking in the mirror now. So. Lane's going to look just like that, but with a fatter neck. <laughs> I can't get much fatter over here. All right, get out of here. I'm taking in. Get out of here. As in the abdominal stretch. So... Just, just happened to be hanging around for episode 20. We have like 
all of our past guests here in a room because it's been really quiet. Yeah, but we're going to bring in somebody who you got introduced to last week. Xavier Mustafa is going to take my place because I got to go. I got a circus slash suspension to deal with. He sat down, never left. Yeah, you got to hurry up down there and not laugh at the clowns like everybody else. (laughs) Are you afraid of clowns? No, but they're just not funny. They never have been. I don't understand the fear, though. Why are people afraid of clowns? So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on The Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy Gaming. Check us out. All right. Well, thank you for filling in for me. Sorry, go, I just bumped the Go table. beat some elephants. Cool. See you. Good seeing you, man. Thanks friend. for breakfast. You got yeah, here if you nice get guy. there early, they let you take a couple shots at the elephants. <laughs> yeah. As long as I don't have to shovel and bump after. <laughs> Never forget. Take a couple shots to the gut. You guys have some delicious delectables in the green room. Oh, thank you. We haven't stocked those in years. Lane's wife, Lane's wife Alex, was up baking all night. Not me, Alex. Oh, we should. Yeah, we should let Eddie. Play. All right. Yeah, he has. He's been sitting over there. Eddie Brown. Eddie Brown. Yeah, can you pull yourself again? Pull it. <laughs> Take it over. I can't read it. I can probably read it. The pearl heels. Best heels. Sorry. Oh, the best. Best. Heels. The B just didn't type, or I didn't write that well. The type. Well, shut up. Best right? heels now and then. Now and ever. Then now forever. <laughs> All right. You can mark me down. Best heels ever. The fabulous Freebirds. Yes. Okay. We're talking about a group that in Georgia blinded the junkyard dog, and he couldn't see his daughter graduate. Okay, we're talking a group that flattened four tires on a car to prevent someone from showing up for a title match. We're talking about a group that ran roughshod over Texas with the Von Erichs. Best heels ever. Best today? Nobody. They're all a bunch of tweeners. You're a tweener. I'm going to say for then, I'm going to go with Bobby Eaton. So, I I agree with you. Bobby Heenan was great. But the problem was, Bobby Heenan would always make me laugh. It was hard to hate the guy. Sure. I love, I love everything about Bobby Heenan. His commentary. Uh, his uh, I've seen a match. I forgot who Hogan was wrestling. It was in the AWA. And Hogan was wrestling, doing his thing, and Bobby Heenan 
ran in the ring, hit Hogan from behind. Hogan no sold it. Turned around real slow, and Bobby Heenan did the whole oh my god thing, oh my god yep. thing, thing. Backed all the way up to the corner, and something happened, and that guy jumped, threw himself over the top rope and ran like a cruiserweight. Yeah, he took the Irish whip and flipped over, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, wow, that man is cool. And then we were talking about Big Boss Man Mama. Like, that was hilarious. Um, when he was telling everybody that he knew Hogan was uh, the, the guy in, uh, when. Bash Beach 96. Yeah. Joined the NWO. He's like, I told you about Hogan. I told um, you for years. Don't trust the man. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. Now, I'm going to have to go with. I got to go with Jinder Mahal. People don't hate me for that, but. I think that's a good choice. I think he's a true. To me, he feels like a true old school heel. He is, because he's the heel that's not trying to be cool. Yes. Ultimately, it's what everybody on the internet is saying. It's like, oh, I can't believe they put the belt on him or blah, blah, Like, they'll get all pissed about it. It's like, okay, he's doing his fucking job. Exactly. You don't like him. It doesn't matter for better or worse. But ultimately, he's getting heat. That's great. Uh, I think back when I was watching wrestling, um, I think JBL was probably one of my favorite heels. Like, when he had the uh, WWE Championship run. Because I remember legitimately hating... When I want, because like, nine out of ten times I would I wouldn't be able to get the pay per view because couldn't get my mom to you know shell out the forty bucks to do it. Um, but if I if I got to watch like a WrestleMania or like a SummerSlam or whatever, and you were tamed by some crooked way, or even like coming out on SmackDown, I was like, man, I really hope the Undertaker got him at SummerSlam. And then seeing the internet results, JBL retains by this. I'm like, this is bullshit. I remember actually being pissed. And then I remember when he left, I was it was that kind of that. Man, that really sucks. I really miss uh, JBL because I remember just—I remember being able to hate him and genuinely hate what he was doing. And when he left, it was sad. You know, maybe if For you me. were a kid who didn't say things like bullshit, your mom might have bought you stuff. <laughs> well, I didn't necessarily say bullshit, but bullshit, mom. <laughs> JBL was, was one of my favorites too, and I, I loved when he was doing a program with Ray Mysterio. I think it was Ray Mysterio. Probably, Pretty yeah. Sure it was Ray Mysterio. The US he went title? to the border. Or he went to the border. And uh, was like running around trying to keep him from getting, not getting him, but trying to keep illegals from getting into the states. I don't know if that was Mysterio or it Guerrero, is, yeah. but yeah, I remember yeah. that bit. Well, even nine out of ten times, his go-to was, "If I lose, I'm leaving," and it's like, "Good, leave, get out of here," and then you were retained. I'm like, mm, crap. But uh, I will say. Um, this is obviously going to be a cheap one, but I think we'd be remiss to not mention Ric Flair as, as one of the best heels. Well, maybe you just stepped on Lane's toes. Did there. I step on your toes? No, he didn't. Oh, okay. Well, Ric Flair, I mean, he's he was that, he he was, is that epitome of, you know, you. I know what you want, I'm not going to let you have it. You know, he was that guy that would get his ass kicked by the baby face. He would, as you guys said, you know, he was a, he was a great wrestler, but he never out-wrestled anybody. He just always cheat, you know, out-cheated them. He always, you know, out-maneuvered them. And even when it looked like he was going to get beat, there was going to be a new champion, thumb to the eye, a chair shot, title shot. Horseman running. Exactly. Something. Like some way for him to retain, but still be carried out because he'd just been beaten to hell. For the longest time, the only way Ric Flair would lose a title as a heel it would usually be like a cage match. Yeah. 
Like he, There's uh, no way that anybody can get Aaron feared. Dusty beat him in a cage. Ronnie Garvin beat him in a cage. Mm-hmm. Like it was the whole got to keep the horseman out of it, and he can't be disqualified or counted out type of deal. And going back to JBL, when he was in that barbed wire cage match with the Big Show, it's like there's no way to get out. There, there, it, it was perfect for no way out because there's literally no way out. And then this fucking asshole gets choke slammed through the canvas and then crawls out right as Big Show's about to land and put the two feet on the outside. Like, that's it. And I was like, the fuck? How? So, just smart. The minute he went through the ring, they should have rang the bell. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you need the visual of him coming out. He, so. Well, yeah. But otherwise, he was in hell. To piggyback off of that, one of the reasons that Ric Flair was such an effective heel was he didn't really change the way he worked either way. So he was he he wrestled the same way as a heel and a face. So the same reason you liked the guy was the same reason you could hate the guy. Right. Um, oh, he's up to his old tricks again. Another similar person to that and gets overlooked because he kind of was face in some places and he was heel other places was Bret Hart in the mid-90s. Bret Hart was a real effective heel by not actually really doing much to be a heel. He literally was saying a lot of stuff that he actually believed in, and it just turned him heel. Um, but I was going to go with uh, with Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the 80s. You want to talk about blinding the junkyard dog? This dude hit an <laughs> islander with a coconut. He did. <laughs> Real he hard. Did. Uh, I mean, yeah, that island Played killed him. Uh, he also chip. shaved a midget's head into a mohawk so he would look like Mr. T. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would go with Roddy Piper as probably the heel there. Uh, and it's tough now because, as you said, everybody's tweener. And, like, even on the, even on the indie scene, people are getting cheered as heels because that's just kind of the way it works mm-hmm. if i had to go with somebody who is on the national scene right now i would probably have to go with the miz yep as being the guy one of the few people that wrestles roman reigns that the fans can actually get behind roman reigns and, and that's starting to switch now people are starting to cheer him more and i think they did too with the john cena angle last year too but um yeah, the, the Miz would be that pick. Who, who's your guys' uh, favorite local heel? Favorite local heel. Hmm. Now you guys want to get some heat, not mention hmm. anybody. Oh, he said favorite. Can't really step oh, on any well, toes. Well, I'm, I'm not your favorite heel? Oh, fuck you, man. I'm going to go on Twitter. I think my favorite heel in the area, just because I love that crazy old man, is Angel Armani. Like... And he, his crowd still yell at him the same chance they used to, but it's it's not the same. Now it's almost an endearment, you know. But that's that's my choice, Angel Armani. Give me, like, because Angel Armani... Oh, you're, gonna, you're just going to cut my legs off right there? I can't give you the Angel Armani answer? No, no. What I want you to do is give me an Angel Armani heel promo, because, again, it's not really a heel promo. <laughs> It's like, it's just him talking the way he would usually talk to people <laughs> on a microphone. Just in the center of the, the attention. Like, I can't recall one thing I've heard him say that was particularly offensive to anybody. Uh, 
Yeah, he usually, he'll go on a little rant or a tangent, mm-hmm. and then he'll pick one guy in the crowd, and he'll say something mean to him. But you're right, it's usually like a long speech. Of <laughs> <laughs> I went to pick and save today. They had an ad, donuts two for a dollar, so I said give me one. They tried to charge me 75 cents. I showed them right on there where it didn't say had to buy two. I got it for 50 cents. Shut up when I'm talking. If you were 100 pounds lighter, you'd love Angel Armani. Disc, get out here. <laughs> See, I even got the name wrong, like Armani. You said an Angel Armani promo. That's right. Eddie, who's your favorite guy? So you picked you pick mine, my initial one. Um... Then I want to say TC, but TC kind of does the tweener thing now, too. Like, let me say something funny to get the crowd to laugh. I'm going to get you for this. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those probably would, would be my two picks. I mean, Chris Black can turn it up when he needs to. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with this. I can't pick any of the other ones because I'm biased about picking any of the other horsemen. And somebody already said Armani. So I'm going to go with this. Okay. Because this goes out there. And I've noticed, like, like it gets to a point in, like, a wrestling, in your wrestling career where, like, it just clicks where it looks almost effortless. And I think when this goes out there, being a heel or a baby, like, he just wrestles so effortlessly. And when he's a heel, he gets heat. That's fair. That's a good choice. What do you got, Riley? Uh, I won't pick Disc because you just did, but I will piggyback just saying quick that that's one of the few people I saw get heat by super kicking a you know, a non-wrestler at, at the Mondo show when they had the uh, the special guest or whatever, and then they're playing their music in the opener. They take him by they take him hostage, and he just super kicks him in the face, and everybody was fucking pissed. It was great. Um, I would probably say one of my favorite heels right now is probably Darren Corbin. And a lot of that is because he can be, you know, the typical baby face when he wants to. But he had a lot of great stuff over in uh, in Las Vegas with Gangrel when he was when he had his title run. He, you know, he's not necessarily the oh I'm the bad guy blah 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 blah. But he can be he can get booed by just doing like desperate things. Like for example, he he had a relationship with his title, and then when Gangrel took it from him. He he acted like he was down in the dumps. He was you know he was in you know sleeping in the gutters. He had a, a cardboard title that was his makeup girlfriend. You know stuff that makes like okay I like what you're doing, but it's also like holy shit this guy's ridiculous. You know what you should think about something. And I think it's because with him, he's not afraid. And I think a lot of people these days are. He's not afraid to make himself look ridiculous. Absolutely. To get the storyline that he's in and his character over. Because so many people are just like, well, I don't want to shit on my character. It's like, you, you're a heel. Right. If you have egg on your face, and you sell that you have egg on your face, then instantly everybody loves the baby face. They hate you because you're all pissed about looking stupid. I like it. Uh, I'm going to be this guy right now. You're going to be that guy. Kay. I'm going to be that guy. You're going to be you. No, I'm not going to pick me. I should. I should, but I'm not going to. Uh, I'm going to pick Jason Masters. Well, he gets real life heat. That dude's got more heat in the back than he's got in the front. (laughs) Yeah, but he's got heat in the front, too. He's one of the few people I've seen on more than one occasion 
and I can't think of any other local guy I've seen on more than one occasion, had somebody try to come from the crowd to fight him in the ring. Okay. That's fair. He's really good at being an asshole. Some all practice. naturally an asshole. Yeah, all practice. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> He's a semi-professional asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he is a good heel. He is. And he, he hates it. Now that you said that, like I said, this rude three times bigger than the other. He hasn't heard the podcast yet. Yeah. Well, I'm just—I'm gonna say that he fucking—he's a great heel, but you gotta play heel, you motherfucker. He doesn't want to anymore. You know how, like, if you talk about somebody and then your their ears will ring. If somebody talks about Jason Masters, his head inflates. No, his nails grow. That is. Exactly. Yeah. We have nobody to send us out. I'll do it. You, oh, you're going to... Oh, gonna, yeah. All like, right. Like right now? Well, you know, it's about that time. All right. Well, for the Brain Trust, for the office, and for our stand-in for Skizot, Eddie Brown, thanks for Eddie joining Brown. us, everybody. See you next week. 20 episodes. Crab. Maga. Happy Cross Magosmas. Magosmas? All right. All right.